Good morning. I want to welcome you to uh, this time of, uh, of Bible study and worship, and would like to ask you to turn with me, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Today I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Paul writes to us and says that we should rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Today we'll be studying God's word to see what it says about being faithful at home. We know that right now our officials are telling us we're safer at home. The question is, are we being faithful at home? You know, some passages of scripture make better sense if you read the phrases at the ending to understand the commands that happened before them. Uh, the phrase rejoice always, for instance, can seem like Pollyanna advice until you read the final phrase of this passage, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, before we look at Paul's teaching on how we can be faithful at home, three things he tells us to do. I want us to think about that last phrase for a moment. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The will of God is a starting place uh, for our response to all of life's events. Uh, the bright ones as well as the dark events of life. But it is especially important during this uh, COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. What is God's will for us right now? How can we be faithful at home? Well, most believers want to know the will of God. They want to know the will of God, and then when they discover it, choose between it and their own self-interest. In other words, Everyone is, is curious enough to want to know what God's will is. But really, we don't begin with the posture of, God, what is your will? And if it seems to me to be coincide with my self-interest, then I'll do it. Uh, the will of God is never optional. When we know what the will of God is, we must find it. Um, you, you, you can never say, no, Lord. If he is Lord of your life, then your only answer to him can be yes. So before we get into the teaching today, uh, it needs to be framed by Paul saying that these three things he's telling us are God's will uh, for us. It is God's will for us during the good times as well as the dark times. As we oh, work our way through the text today, please be aware that the Apostle Paul is not making a suggestion. He is commanding us to do these things. Now, we know this not just because of the phrase at the end of this sentence, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, but we also know it because the three verbs we're going to be looking at today are all in the imperative mood. Uh, Paul is making an urgent command to us, not optional, but a command. 
And they're not situational commands. They're not, it, it is not God's will for us to do these things in this situation, but not in that situation. It is for all times and all situations. And we know this because of the words and phrases that Paul uses with each one of the, these commands. He says to always do this, to do it without ceasing. And then he says, in all circumstances. We not only know it because of the phrase, but we know it because the verbs are in the present tense, which implies a continuous or reoccurring activities. So when Paul tells us to rejoice always, always means always. Uh, when he says to us that we are to pray without ceasing, he means that there's a never a time when we should not be prayerful. And when he says to us that we need to give thanks in all circumstances, by all circumstances, he means all circumstances. Before we uh, take some time now to, to explore this teaching further, let's just quiet our hearts before the Lord and take a moment for prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we know that you are in control. Even, even when life seems out of control, we know that you're not caught by surprise that you know what's happening around us. And we also, Lord, are convinced that you care for us. I'm aware, Lord, that some, some of those who have gathered to worship virtually with us today could have been impacted directly and harshly by this pandemic, or maybe even going through another severe hardship. And for them, Lord, I ask for special grace. For those of us that have been touched by this, but not directly and harshly, uh, we have not lost someone to COVID-19. I pray, Lord, that our ears may be open and that each one of us will lean into the teaching that we can experience today your will. And Father, I pray for the courage to not only know your will, but to do it. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us, as we open up your word for guidance, may have a resolve to follow your will, no matter what it is. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. The first of these commands that Paul gives us is to rejoice always. Rejoice always, he says, and by that he means even now. Even if you or one of your family members or close friends have not uh, tested positive and have not felt the full impact of this pandemic in your personal life, even if that hasn't happened, you have suffered some loss. Everyone has. Some have suffered great losses. And whether your, your losses are great or whether they're small, I'm convinced that they likely outnumber the list of positive things that have happened as a result of this. It is in the context of suffering that this command takes on its greatest significance. 
In his book, Thanks, How Practicing Gratitude Can Make You Happier, uh, Robert Edmonds writes, Thankfulness to God often occurs not only within the shadow of suffering, but also paradoxically is made possible through it. He says that this joy, this happiness, paradoxically is made possible because of our suffering. Well, why is that? Why is suffering the pathway to joy? Well, the scripture gives us some help with this. Uh, in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5, uh, Paul gives us some help. And then in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 5, James gives us some help. Let's look at both of these passages of scripture. Romans 5, 3 through 5, Paul writes, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Paul writes that out of suffering, hope emerges. Now let's turn to James. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full impact, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without approach, and it will be given to him. As he does in our text today, in Romans, Paul instructs us uh, to rejoice even during times of suffering. And James says that various trials are reason for us to count it all joy. In both of these, uh, cases. Uh, the suffering was not the reason for the joy. Uh, it, uh, it was the fruit of the suffering that brought about the joy. In other words, with Paul, he says it's hope that we can, we can rejoice in suffering because of what suffering does. It produces hope in us. And for James, he says that it makes us complete, uh, lacking nothing. And so we can rejoice because character is forged during times of suffering. We also can rejoice because we have not lost everything. After the town of Paradise burned down a few years ago in November of 2018, Whitney Cox posted this on her Facebook account, someone who had suffered loss there. She wrote, We are safely evacuated, but we just heard on the news that our entire city has been wiped out. I'm six and a half months pregnant, and materially, we only have the clothes on our back, both cars and each other. We have our faith, true love, and a happy marriage a growing life inside me, family and friends, our amazing church, 
and wonderful employers. Please be praying for those who have lost even more than we have today. In the midst of her loss, she was still able to count her blessing and call for prayer for those who had lost what she said even more than what they had. So we can praise God, we can rejoice, because even when we've lost something, we have not lost everything. But then what happens when we do lose everything? Is there reason for joy even then? Yes, there is, because if the worst that can happen does happen, we know as believers in Jesus Christ that there is hope beyond the grave. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? We can rejoice. We can rejoice because Paul tells us to. But beyond that, we can rejoice because our suffering produces character. That even when we've lost something, we haven't lost everything. And if the time comes that we lose everything, we know that there is something beyond the grave, that there is eternity waiting for us. Paul begins by telling us to rejoice, but then he tells us to pray without ceasing. We can pray without ceasing in the midst of this difficult time. Let me share with you some advice. Instead of watching the news, how about learning to pray the news? When the president or another political leader or one of our health officials is uh, featured in a news story, or if you're watching a, pre a press conference, why not spend that time listening, yes, but praying that the president and other political leaders will have wisdom and that God will guide them. When the news cuts to a story of refrigerated trailers being filled with pandemic victims, we pray for their family. You see, what I'm saying is stop watching the news and start praying the news. When you wash your hands for 20 seconds, multiple times a day, don't just do what the officials say, sing happy birthday. Do that, that's fine. Sing it twice, make sure you wash for 20 minutes, but also spend that time praying for those on the front lines, our ambulance drivers, our police officers, healthcare workers, our nurses, our doctors. Pray for them that they may be protected. Pray for those that are ill or those that are exposed. Pray for them to have strength and for them to be well. So don't just wash your hands, but spend that time praying. Twice a day at 7.14. 7.14 in the morning, 7.14 in the evening. I want to encourage you to pray 2 Chronicles 7.14 for our nation. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sins, and will heal their land. We need a healing in our land. We need a global healing. We need the healing to be from this pandemic. We also need it to be a healing of repentance that God's redemption will come. Don't just um, 
Don't just think about how bad it is, but pray without ceasing. Set an alarm on your smart device, 714 in the morning, 714 in the evening. Pray that God will heal our land. And while you're setting those times, set a time at 316 in the afternoon to pray John 316. God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Pray John 3.16 for individuals that you know that do not know Christ and for people in general. When you get on one another's nerves in your homes, when you're tripping over each other, pause for a moment and thank God for your family and thank God for the extra grace that you're showing them and frankly, that they're showing you during this difficult time. Thank God for your family. When you start to worry, pray. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You say, Brother Jim, I don't understand what's going on around me. I get that. I don't either. But the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. This brings us to our final command where Paul tells us that we need to give thanks in everything. We can give thanks in everything because we know it's God's will. Now, please don't misunderstand what I just said. I am not claiming that this global pandemic is God's will. I'm not claiming that God has brought this on us for uh, any purpose. I don't know that. But I am claiming that it is God's will for you to give thanks even during this time. We do have things to be thankful for. Honestly, most of us have experienced some things that have enriched our life in the midst of this. A moment ago, I shared some thoughts with you about the long-term benefits of suffering and how they produce character. But really, I'm talking about in the short term. When I count my blessings, First and foremost, I'm blessed and grateful that uh, in the midst of this safer at home time, when we're not supposed to go out, that I have a beautiful wife, the love of my life to spend time with. I've got to tell you, there's no one in the world I'd rather be with than Susan Wilson. And I am so grateful for every minute we get to spend together. And I'm grateful that I'm spending less time commuting and more time with my bride. I cherish every minute. I'm grateful uh, for one of my sons who organized a virtual family uh, time every week. When our kids were younger, we had a, a, a family night that we set aside where I wouldn't take appointments unless there were emergencies where we would be home together and we'd try to spend family uh, a, a night a week and a day a week also. 
just devoted to family activities. And my youngest son has organized virtual family time where all of us get together, kids and grandkids. And it has been such a joy uh, to be able to see them, to talk to them, and I'm grateful for that. It's a practice that we haven't kept since our children were young and at home, but now uh, they live at a distance. We're not able just to see them uh, regularly, even if there wasn't safe, safer at home orders, and I'm grateful uh, for that. I'm also grateful for some do-it-yourself projects around the house that we've been able to check off because we've had extra time. What are the things that you're grateful for? Well, we can give thanks in everything. One of the ways we can give, uh, show our love to God is with a grateful heart. When we are thankful, when we give thanks in everything, then we're able to love God and love people and live out our mission in doing so. In his book, Learning to Dance, Michael uh, Wayne writes, when Donald Nichols was full of cancer, he quoted the words of a Russian poet that gratitude, if not the highest, is the purest form of love. For when we, you are full of gratitude, there is no room for anything else. Recrimination, or desire for revenge or self-pity, he began to record his gratitude for all of those individuals and communities who had nurtured him throughout his life. And through his final diary entries, two words echo like a heartbeat, gratitude and grace. The church lives out its mission of loving God and loving others when we have a grateful heart. The truth is, you cannot be depressed and grateful at the same time. Those aren't my words. Those are words of Brenda Shoshona, a New York psychologist. She says you cannot be depressed and grateful at the same time. Uh, it makes a person physically, mentally, in every way healthier. Friends, let's not just be safer at home. Let's be faithful at home. Love and care for one another. Rejoice. Pray. Be thankful. Our text says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thank you for spending this time with me. God bless you. I love you. And I look forward to the next time I get to see you face to face.